0: to books unbound the podcast where we unbind books to get to their hearts with your hosts me raylene and me ariel (laughs) (laughs) i love that dramatic entrance every time (laughs) so today we're here with kind of a weird bonus episode we at the end of the year i feel like we often come up with like random ideas that we just want to make into episodes and just kind of throw them up because um we've got the time I guess and the and the need to share more stuff with you guys. So today we are going to be doing a end of the year book haul. Mm-hmm. Um so any books that we've received like for Christmas or around Christmas time that we haven't talked about yet. And then we're also going to be going through some more statistics, some more data cuz we know that's what you guys love. Um a couple of weeks ago we put up this survey and uh, we got lots of responses. People were responding to like what kind of stuff they were reading this year, what their favorite books were and stuff. So we'll be getting into that in the second half of the episode we are going to start with a book haul because book hauls are always very exciting. Um, So Ariel how many books do you have to haul today?
1: Oh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. A solid
0: Ooh. ten. I have eleven. <laughs> oh
1: perfect we can go back and forth.
0: <laughs> That's funny. Yeah so with mine personally I didn't really like get any books for Christmas but what happened is before Christmas I went thrift shopping a couple of times Mm. and I happened to find some books and then I told Kyle to wrap them up for me because I was like I don't want to look at them I want to pretend they're a Christmas present and then um, on (laughs) Boxing Day I went to Kohl's and bought a couple of books with a gift card that I got so and and there are a couple of books that you sent me as well that we haven't shown in a public way yet they're on a video on our Patreon you and I did a video where we opened up our Christmas presents to each other Um, so those books I'm going to share here as well so yeah how about you start us off with say like your first two we could go back and forth
1: okay i i did want to just ask uh, how was your christmas overall it was really good yeah it was it was really snowy which was fun usually i
0: don't like the snow but if it's on christmas i can like it it's nice i actually look forward to snow on christmas but then i just hope that it's melted the next day which (laughs) unfortunately has not (laughs) happened it's now the 29th and there's still snow everywhere and it's cold in my apartment and it's just like oh "Oh." but other than the cold and not wanting to go outside because it's horrible it's been really nice I had a really nice Christmas hanging out with my my family so it was good
1: you had thanks or not I was gonna say Thanksgiving dinner you (laughs) had like the big Christmas dinner at your apartment right
0: yeah well I wouldn't really call it a big dinner but yeah it was just like me and my two immediate family members and Kyle yeah and um, it was really fun though yeah it felt really strange to host it because I've never done that and my mom was like okay so you're making all the food right and I was like what (laughs) do I have to do that (laughs) she was like no fine I'll bring this and I'll bring this um so I basically just cooked I made myself like a vegetarian meatloaf thing because I didn't want to have turkey obviously and then so I made that I had some potatoes and then my mom brought everything else (laughs) so it
1: was pretty pretty good (laughs) I love that I think that's really cute um yeah I also had a really lovely Christmas it was really fun because obviously my brother has now sort of basically moved out like he comes mm-hmm. and visits a lot but he doesn't spend most of his time in my house anymore right and so it was just really nice for it to be the like original four again yeah me, my brother and my parents and just like having a couple of days of hanging out it's also just like i'll talk about this someday on the podcast but <laughs> it's been like a really stressful work week for me and because of situations that are out of my control i had to kind of work through christmas which is i've learned a lesson there i'll never do that again (laughs) (laughs) i was work hard ahead of christmas so you don't have to do that (laughs) i wish i wish i had been able to so many things are stacked up but basically i was able to fully take off on the 25th so i didn't work that one day and that was really nice um and um, just because you talked about your dinner my dad always makes our whole christmas dinner like he cooks everything yeah. but this year i decided to add one addition and Ooh. i i i well i was gonna do two additions which is hilarious i thought it would be cool to do brussels sprouts because i like brussels we had brussels sprouts. sprouts too but so i pitched this to my family the night before i was like guys i want to do two <laughs> additions to the meal i want to do brussels sprouts and everyone everyone went what (laughs) (laughs) i was like you know brussels sprouts i cook brussels sprouts sometimes you like you guys like brussels sprouts and they're like not at christmas and i was like okay never mind i won't do that (laughs) but then the other addition was a cranberry sauce so like how do you not have cranberry
0: sauce and Brussels sprouts at Christmas? I well, this is the th- I to tried. Me both of those are a staple. I
1: <laughs> tried to introduce them. The, the <laughs> Bassets were not <laughs> like open-hearted to it. But I, um, yeah, I was like, I've never had cranberry sauce at a christmas or a thanksgiving dinner before and i always wow. see it in videos and movies and stuff it's good so stuff. basically obviously my mom is honduran and they don't do turkey dinners or anything mm-hmm. and my dad started making his own christmas and thanksgiving dinners when he was in his early 20s because that's when he was um his parents had passed away so he just cut out the things he didn't like which were like all <laughs> the vegetable that. dishes and the cranberry yeah. sauce. And so by the time I was born, that just wasn't a thing. And my mom didn't know about it. So we just never had it. And so this year I was like, I'm doing it. So I went and I bought one little can of cranberries. <laughs> That's beautiful. I really liked it. I will definitely do it in future feasts because it mixes it was good. well
0: with turkey and gravy. That's it. For does sure. it becomes used, like I, part I of it? I couldn't it's like have turkey sauce. without it. back Yeah,
1: it's so true. So anyway, that was my that was my big adventure. <laughs> I bought a, a can of cranberry sauce. <laughs> that's so funny. Well, now
0: I'm, I think the people are dying to know, which I'm also dying to know. What do you guys actually eat at Christmas? Then oh, if you don't
1: have cranberry <laughs> sauce and Brussels sprouts. I got. We know. have turkey. Mm -hmm. mashed potatoes Uh stuffing yeah gravy lots of Of gravy and the kind of special thing is glazed carrots my dad makes these amazing glazed carrots they're like ginger butter i don't know oh yeah they're really good but that's it it's a very there's not like a lot of side dishes yeah it's a good Usually
0: feast. at Christmas time, my mom makes like a bajillion side dishes for yeah. me because she never knew what to make for me as a vegetarian. Oh, She's like, oh, okay. I'll just make like five different vegetable side dishes. And it was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> Th- this year we dialed it back a little, but sweet potatoes with like brown oh. sugar crusted on top is whoa. a new thing that we started doing this Shoot, Thanksgiving and now had really it for Christmas. I recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> you should try it next year for christmas try and introduce it you think, See yeah
1: you maybe i could cook it the day before and then sneakily just slide it onto the dinner table and nobody will notice <laughs> <I don't laughs> <say> anything. <laughs> it's uh, it was actually hilarious my mom liked the cranberry sauce she was like yeah this is great no this is fun but my brother and my dad were just like we love you but we don't want to try that and i was i put literally like a centimeter's worth this tiny little like toothpaste yeah. squirt worth of cranberry sauce on each of their plates and they tried it but they're like that's okay <laughs> <laughs> i'm good without that
0: <laughs> that's
1: uh, it is funny though Is i think it's just a thing of like it's such a traditional feast. We've had it mm-hmm. like Easter, Thanksgiving and and Christmas every oh, yeah. year since I was born. So when you want when, when Ariel starts messing with the recipe, <laughs> like, people What are you are even f- talking people about? People freak out. Um <laughs> but yeah, let me start with The book I actually got on Christmas morning. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask if you got any as Well, yes, I got one. I also, lovely, I got some gift cards, which is obviously Mm. super cool. I just haven't spent those yet. (laughs) Um, I haven't had a chance because of the aforementioned work. I haven't had my chance to do my big chapters trip, but that's okay. Um, I got this book on Christmas morning from my brother, from CJ, who edits the podcast. Amazing. And... (laughs) He, <laughs> I, I can't even explain how excited I was just when I, I didn't even care what the book was, just the fact that somebody had gotten me a book because I never I know, get That books. never happens. Never I get didn't books. get a single book. No, I always get gift cards and I totally get it because obviously we read so much and we like books so much that I think people are sort of like, I don't want to get them something they don't actually want to read or something yeah. they already own or whatever. But even like, when I make a list, I made a list for my mom this year. These are the books that I want. Not a single one. Same. Not a single Honestly, one. same. Since I, I gave do, I used to do that. Like as a teenager, I would make a list, and I think a couple of years I got one or two from them. But usually, I just get a gift card, and I'm like, it's yeah. okay. I'll just go get <laughs> them. It's fine. It's fine. I <laughs> do love going to the bookstore. But yeah, the book I weird. got was a complete surprise, and it it's called If I Had an Old House on the East Coast by Wanda Wanda Baxter and Cat frick miller oh my god it's the perfect book for me it's cute so my brother said that he saw it i forget where but he saw it somewhere and he was like wait a minute that's ariel so it's (laughs) sort of like written like a children's book it's like a long poem you know like just a line Mm -hmm. or two on each page and then these really beautiful illustrations just about like what it's like to own an old house specifically Mm -hmm. like on the east coast um, and there's, I've, re- I started reading it and there's so many relatable lines. It's like suddenly, um, there'd be sea glass and seashells on the windowsills. And I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> that happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's I, or like specific for your area. <laughs> I know. Well, that's exactly it. So it's really lovely book and it was a really thoughtful book. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, it's like exactly yeah. perfect for me. So I was really excited about that and I that's awesome i love it and then what other book oh i'll mention this book because this one was also specifically a christmas present this one was from you so you gifted me gingerbread by helen oyayemi um like you mentioned we sent each other kind of gift boxes and we Mm -hmm. did an unboxing on our patreon as a video because we were like if we and I'm, that was a smart move because it took us like half an hour if we had, had yeah. to put that in this episode as well nah, that would have been crazy too long um but yeah when i asked you about the kind of motivations of you getting me this book you just said that you thought it sounded kind of weird and cool and you saw it at mm-hmm. one of your uh, thrift store missions right yeah yeah it sounds really cool it seems to be um a retelling of hans hansel and gretel um mm-hmm. but it's also just a book I've seen around a lot so I'm super yeah. like intrigued it's funny because like I've seen it so many times I really love the cover but it's I don't know it's one of those books that you've seen everywhere but you kind of still don't know what the hell it's about like where the yeah, crawdad even, sings. Even after reading
0: the synopsis I was like hmm yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> where true. the crawdad sings I don't know what that book is about but everyone like I know that book but I have no clue mm-hmm. what it's about <laughs>
0: Right? All I know is it's outdoorsy and naturey. I have no nothing beyond that. All right. Okay. I will start with a couple... uh, I'll just start with what's at the top of my stack. So yeah, these first few books are going to be from my thrift shopping adventures um the first one was super fun that I found this I got swimming studies by Leanne Shapton which is the book that I got for you in the summertime yeah when we exchanged books we asked each other for specific recommendations and you wanted sports books basically and um this was a book that I found that sounded perfect for you and then I just happened to find it at a thrift store and was like what the heck it's perfect because you and I have been wanting to do more buddy reads that's one of our things that we want to do and um, we want to read more memoirs yeah. so ah. it's kind of it's kind of perfect that I it found is that. perfect um, and then the next book I got is another memoir actually it's talking as fast as I can by Lauren Graham which is a book basically mm. about her life and Gilmore Girls and I'm really excited about this because I am almost finished watching Gilmore Girls. My mom and I have been watching it together all year. Um, Every week we've been getting together and watching a few episodes, and Mm -hmm. it's been really fun. But we're now finally almost done. We're in the last season before the revival. And um, so as soon as I'm done with the revival and everything, I will be ready to jump into that. Um, I'm very excited to read that book.
1: I think that that's probably going to be really fun. Do you think that you'll listen to the audiobook version of it?
0: If my library has it, or if I can find it somewhere, then yeah. Because I can imagine read
1: her reading it would be really awesome.
0: Oh yeah, she yeah. yeah, that would be really fun. Cause she's got a lot of personality.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I just realized that one of the books on my pile is not a new book. It's just hmm. the sound of a wild snail eating. I don't know what that book is <laughs> doing in that pile. So I actually apparently only have nine. <laughs> it snuck in there. <laughs> um these two next books actually this is cool i got these from my boyfriend's parents my boyfriend's parents Mm. had asked my boyfriend what does ariel like want for christmas like what kinds of things would she like and Mm. i said i listed three books and then i just said candles (laughs) (laughs) and they did they got me a lot of candles which is really awesome um but also they got me two of the books which is so lovely and i specifically put books on there that were really random and that i didn't mm-hmm. think that but like i was really excited about but i didn't know if i would have bought them anytime soon right. yeah so the first one is the book that you talked about in oh. one of your book olds yeah um a thousand acres by jane smiley so this is won the pulitzer prize as you talked about when you talked yeah. about this book um and it's a novel it looks like non-fiction to me i don't know what something about this cover <laughs> yeah, it kind of like. looks
0: like it looks like a farm memoir
1: yes it looks like a farming memoir but it's <laughs> a novel but like you mentioned it's about a farmer who divides his farm among his three daughters um and then there's some king lear-esque situation yeah. going on there so i remember when you talked about it it sounded really good now that i have it in front of me the font is pretty tiny but that's okay (laughs) it'll be fine the other book that I got um, I wonder if you've heard of this I, I don't know where I saw it but I instantly was like wow yeah I need that the annual migration of clouds by premi mohammed have you seen this
0: no it's beautiful isn't it
1: just stunning it's such a pretty cover it's also very short Oh uh let me see it is like 160 pages um the author lives in edmonton so that's cool but like it says that um she's a scientist and author so, like, mm. it says she has degrees in biology and environmental conser- conservation. So, this is kind of like a climate change novel. That's really cool. I know, which, you know, I've sort of mentioned before that is something that intrigues me. And a lot of the time, obviously, um, books about climate change are nonfiction. They're written by, like, yeah. scientists or, or activists. Um, but this is a novel, and sounds really cool like the first line is the world is nothing like it once was climate disasters have racked the continent causing food shortages ending industry and leaving little behind so it's you know it's like devastation after climate change and i'm like yeah the bird seems to like have lightning on it i don't know guys (laughs) that's really cool (laughs) that sounded really neat yeah what do What do you have next?
0: Okay, I'm going to do four now because I have more than you. So I'm just going to blast through the last of my thrift thrift haul. Cool. Um, Okay, where do I start? Well, first of all, I think that you're going to be excited and surprised about this one book that I got, but it was at the thrift store and I couldn't say no to it. I got Persuasion. Oh
1: my goodness. Oh my goodness. You know what? That's actually so exciting to me because I know that like a year or two ago, you would have seen a Jane Austen and not picked it up. Like, you would have yeah. been like, oh, whatever. But the fact that you actually picked it up and then thought, yeah, maybe I'll buy it. You know, I'm sure you right? don't want to well, read it ASAP, the, but...
0: No, exactly. Like, it might be a little while but I know that this this is your favorite one, right? Yeah, Like, of yeah. all the Jane Austens you read. And you yeah. read Emma this year, and I was like, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> like this is fine like i have an uh, the track record for jane austen is like going going upwards it has an upward momentum now the first couple of books of hers i read i did not enjoy but then we read emma and i was like okay there's some potential here and this if this is your favorite i'm like i gotta at least read that one one day so i thought i would give that a chance i love that then i also got three women by lisa tadeo oh
1: that's so funny this is again one of those books i've seen that everywhere i have no idea what it is
0: (laughs) It is a non-fiction book. Okay. Um, I think, I don't know if it quite re- reads like essays or if it's more of like a narrative, but okay. it's basically follows three women and it's just like about their sex lives. Oh, okay. <laughs> and sure. It's like, what is that all about? And um, yeah, so like, I don't really know anything about it beyond that, but that seems intriguing to me. Like this Lisa Tadeo just wrote about these three women. They're all real American women as far as I know. And oh, okay, cool. It's like, what was the, I don't know, like, what's the the reason for this? Is there, like, I don't know. What's the conclusion <laughs> at the end of this book? Or is it just a, a fun romp? I don't really know. <laughs> um, so. so, yeah, so I'm excited to have that one and finally give that a read. Because, yeah, like you said, like, I've just been seeing it around. Mm-hmm. Ever since it came out, it's just been in the sphere. Um, and then I got another Taylor Jenkins read book, which was really oh. exciting. This one is called Maybe in Another Life. Ooh. And this one is really fun because it's like, it kind of has like an alternate timeline vibe thing going on. Yeah. Like the main character, what is it? There's concurrent storylines where like she lives out the two different decisions that she like could have made. And it like follows the like... The train of what that would have happened if she had made those different decisions mm-hmm. and i'm like that is so interesting and like which one is real i don't know like it's to do with relationships and stuff i think because it is you know her older books are usually about romance and right, whatnot right. um but yeah i'm like that just sounds like really cool i feel like she always does something really interesting with her books they're not just like they're not like every other contemporary romance i don't know
1: how many of the hers have you read now i uh, have three, three altogether okay, i yeah. think
0: including the seven husbands of evelyn hugo no way because i've read that i've also read daisy okay. jones and the six and then i've read two of her yeah. contemporary romance so far i've read four of yeah. her books so far cool. and i now own two that i have nope three. Oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> i have so many of her books to read <laughs> this is wild i keep forgetting she has so many books but yeah no i have a few of her books to read now which will be fun and then the last book I got at the thrift store is one that I have almost bought brand new a few times. So it felt really good to actually find this one used. And that is The Girl with the Louding Voice by Abi Dare. Um, and this one has such amazing reviews. It's like a coming-of-age story that takes place in Nigeria. And it's about a girl who really wants to get an education. And like that's the driving force behind the book. It's like she really wants to Have an education and do something with her life, Mm -hmm. and I just think that sounds so good. And it has crazy, crazy, crazy good reviews. Um, so that's all I really know about it. But I've been really curious about this book for a while now, and I've almost picked it up a couple of times. I was at chapters. There was even one time where I had three books I was looking at, I (laughs) sent you pictures of all three, and I was like, Pick a book for me. And you picked a different book, but this is one of the books, so it was funny. No, but it was a good thing. I always one of my biggest pet peeves is when I buy a new book and then immediately when I go to the thrift store oh, I God. find it there. Yes, it's like what was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> or even like a few months later, I haven't read the book yet, but then I see it used yes. and I'm like, I could have just yeah just been patient, but I wasn't. Mm. Um, but anyway, so in this in this case, it worked out. It actually worked out perfectly. So yeah, so those are all of my uh, thrift store buys. What else have you got for us?
1: Okay, well next up, I'll talk about these two um these are just ones that i bought myself a couple like a week ago no maybe longer than that two (laughs) weeks ago i don't remember um okay 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 so this first one is called all's (gasps) well by mona awad have you seen seen that one one around
0: yeah i've definitely seen that around
1: so i'm pretty sure this came out this year um and maybe semi recently, it's definitely a hardcover, <laughs> but that's fine. That time I have over. a hardcover
0: too, so that's something we can deal with together.
1: <laughs> yeah, it says 2021, but also I didn't realize that Mona Awad was Canadian.
0: Oh, um, I think I did know that. I always forget. Yeah, there's a lot of Canadian authors emerging on the scene nowadays. I feel I know, like,
1: right? We're it's so cool. Awesome. <laughs> I find this really cringy. On the back of the book. You know, it says um, quotes from people, blurbs. Mm. It says in quotes, "Dear readers, this is one wild book." Margaret, that's fine. That's a fine quote. No problem there. Yeah. Then it says, dash, "Margaret Atwood via Twitter." I hate oh. the via Twitter. Like that's oh. just really. I don't know why I hate that. Why so couldn't much. they
0: just get a direct quote from her? Why couldn't they just ask her and be like, "Hey, I know. You wanna, do you want to? Do you want to give us an official blurb?" It's like, no, she just tweeted it.
1: And then it literally, it's again in the synopsis on the, what is this called? On the inside flap? Yeah. The last paragraph says, with prose, Margaret Atwood has described via Twitter as, quote, no punches pulled, no hilarities dodged, genius, blah, 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 blah. Like, why did you have to say it has described via Twitter? Like, I don't know. I hate... I don't know why
0: I hate that. I really it is hate. really weird. I think it's because maybe they didn't do it with her permission. <laughs> like, they just took it as off of a public forum, and so they had to say Right. I don't know. I, don't know. I just find that I don't like really
1: it. strange. <laughs> um, regardless, I am excited about the book. <laughs> just that one weird little marketing. This is the thing that sometimes books will do little marketing things that I really dislike or mm-hmm. like don't agree with, but I, I, you shouldn't give up on a book just because of that, because the author doesn't have anything to do with the marketing. No, exactly. Right. Like very rarely does the author have anything to do with the cover or the synopsis or anything. So I was like, that is not Mona's fault. All right. <laughs> Mona didn't, didn't write that. It's weirdness. Um, Mona is probably cringing a little bit as well. But yeah, um, this sounds really, really interesting. I'll just read this one little sentence that puts it perfectly here. A darkly funny novel about a theater professor suffering from chronic pain, who, in the process of staging a troubled production of Shakespeare's most maligned play, suddenly and miraculously recovers. So many things going on there right? That's cool. I love the idea of a main character who's a professor. I just find that like a very interesting point of view. Um, the reason that I'd heard about this book is because in one of my videos, like my last book video, I talked about how much I liked (laughs) the sound of a wild snail eating. Maybe that's why this book was here. I don't know. Um, but, and I was like, I like that this is about chronic pain. Does any let me know in the comments if if you guys have read anything else. And a bunch of people mentioned this book, so I was that's why oh, it was like okay. on my radar. Yeah. Um, so the chronic pain angle is very interesting to me. And then this like troubled production of a Shakespeare play. I'm like that sounds fun as well. So yeah. there's a got lot a of a lot points. of good things going on. Yeah, yeah, I thought this sounded really cool. So here we are. Um, the yeah. other book I got on this little on that trip. <laughs> it's funny. Okay, I bought it and I want to mention it because it sounds interesting, but I don't know about this one. Okay, Raelene, I'm not, I'm not sure. Okay. (laughs) It's called Good Burdens by Christina Crook. And Mm. the subtitle is How to Live Joyfully in the Digital Age. So I heard about this online somewhere. I literally don't remember where at all, just somewhere on the internet. And it says Maria Kondo of like the digital age. Kind of a thing. So it's sort of about like decluttering your online life. And Mm -hmm. from the vibes I'd gotten from the synopsis and stuff, you know, like spark joy that Maria Kondo has. If this doesn't spark joy, you should get Mm -hmm. rid of it. Well, similar thing here, but like for apps and for the ways that we spend time online and stuff like that. So I was like, that sounds really interesting. I also really like that it's not like... How do I say this? So obviously two years ago I read a lot of books about the internet and I probably will continue doing that forever because I find it really interesting but a lot of the books and I'm fine with it but like a lot of the books are sort of anti-internet a little bit. They're like get rid of social media, delete it all, it's all bad. Uh, They're not once you actually read them they're a bit more nuanced than that but obviously that's the kind of rallying cry. This is how to live joyfully in the digital age. So it's kind of a more positive version of it. Like it sort of seems like, no, there is a lot of good on the internet, but it's about like getting a balance and about figuring. So all of that sounds really good to me. So I bought it and then I started reading it in the car and it's starting to feel, and it might just be the introduction, right? Uh It feels a little cheesy, like pretty, (laughs) pretty cheesy. (laughs) Um, I still am going to give it a shot but i don't know just something about it is a little i'm like oh okay this is a little bit cringe a little bit like i'm rolling my eyes a little bit but i'll still give it a shot i'll still give it a shot okay thank you thank you that was my piece
0: Okay, perfect. Well, I just realized that I actually have a couple of books that I technically did get for Christmas, including the ones you sent me. So I'll do these ones next. Um, The first one, though, was kind of funny because uh, me and two of my friends did a little gift exchange about a week before Christmas. And my one friend was like, I'm so upset. I couldn't find a book for you. So I'm sorry, I didn't get you a book. And then she gave my other friend a book. And then my friend was like, Oh, no, I already have this one. (gasps) And so I ended up with the book. (laughs) But I was it's kind of fun because I was actually, I was happy with this. It's yeah. a weird choice. And I, another one that like, I might not have bought this for myself, but I'm glad to have it now. And that is Absolutely on Music by Haruki Murakami. Oh, um, I've never even heard of that one. Yeah. So this one came out a few years ago. It's one of his, um, another nonfiction book. Now, the subtitle is actually um, Conversations with Seiji Ozawa, who used to be the conductor of the Boston Symphony Orchestra. And so this is just like them talking about music together. Okay, Which I think is really fun because Murakami loves music. Like If you've read a couple of his novels, it's very obvious. Like, Mm -hmm. he's obsessed with music. And so I feel like it would be fun to read something like that. Like, from the perspective of him, who is a person who loves music and is also a great writer, and I'm sure he's great at, like conversation and everything and having a great discussion with someone else which i think is really cool and like i don't know really anything about classical music specifically but i don't really care i think it'll be fun to read
1: that sounds (laughs) really cool honestly look at this
0: cute little picture of them oh my god
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's gotta go on the instagram that's like Mm -hmm. really cute
0: (laughs) but yeah so like i just love this look and if you flip through the book it's like a conversation like you can see that it's just like this is what I said. And this is what he said. So it's kind of like a transcription almost of this them hanging out, which I think is really cool. And then I'll just quickly do the two books that you sent me. Mm. So you were gracious enough to think mm. of me while you were in Europe. <laughs> and you went to bookstores and found stuff for me. And that was super, super cool. Both of these were from Portugal, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, so Ariel sent me O Grande Gatsby, which <laughs> is like the cutest little <laughs> When I first saw it, I was like, this is amazing. So that's really cool. And it's the cute little hardcover copy that matches the, what was it, the Jungle Book? Yeah, and Dracula. Dracula, right. So now we have cute little matching books, which I really love. And then you also got me another copy of The Great Gatsby, which is this beautiful hardcover, like, with no dust jacket, just, like, embossed yeah. in metallic. And I'll definitely post a picture of that on the Instagram. Cool. Um, but I love it. It's so cute. I'm just I really so cute. happy that you sent me those. I was like, I can never have enough copies. And you magically picked me two copies that I didn't have. So
1: <laughs> I was like, was I awesome. was sure you wouldn't have the Portuguese one. But I wasn't yeah. sure about the English one. So I'm really glad mm-hmm. you like those. You got lucky there. So how many do you have left? I have two. Oh, OK, perfect. So uh, these three books uh i just picked up the day before yesterday my god time flies when you're stuck in an editing (laughs) hole um (laughs) Yes. uh, So I'd ordered two of these actually online and I got emails like last week that were like, your book arrived, your book arrived. And I was like, oh, I have to go. And I just kept not being able to go. Plus, like they had Christmas hours. So it was like they weren't open all the time. Better just to stay away. (laughs) And then there was this one book that I really wanted. And I was like, "Okay, when I go to pick pick up these books, I'm going to ask if they have this book. Mm-hmm. And um, if they do, I'll also buy it. And they yeah. had it. Um, oh, my God. So I'll start with that one. It's um, Matrix by Lauren Groff. Ooh. Obviously, I think we've talked about this one before because we've talked about, like, that it's a It med- was on a list of
0: award winners, right? Oh,
1: also that. Yes, you're right. Or, like, it was nominated It on a short yeah. list. Yeah. It was nominated for some stuff. It sounds really, really cool, but also, like, all of the synopsis I found are pretty vague. So... Mm. Basically, it's set in medieval times. It's about a 17-year-old character who is female. And she seems, like, pretty epic. (laughs) (laughs) Like, there's this giant quote on the inside flap that says, She rides out of the forest alone, 17 years old, in the cold March drizzle, Marie who comes from France. It's giving me, like, Joan of Arc vibes. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. You know? Gathers currents of violence sensuality and religious ecstasy in a mesmerizing portrait of consuming passion aberrant faith Mm. and a woman whom history moves both through and around i don't know i'll give it a shot here i am (laughs) giving it a shot okay i have a question for
0: you you've got two hardcovers in your in your stack there what's your plan
1: my plan is to not care at all because (laughs) (laughs) here's my thinking right okay I guess our resolutions episode will not have come out by the time that this episode comes out. It will come out shortly, though. (laughs) It will come out like within a few days of this one. But as a fun little teaser,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: um, I'm really proud and happy with how the hardcover challenge went over this past year. And I want to kind of carry that spirit forward of... Because it was just—it's just good to not buy as many hardcovers. Because, mm-hmm. we, like you said, you don't even read them right away. Why not just wait until you—if you're going to read it right away, sure, buy it. But if you're not, just wait till the paperback comes out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not really carrying that forward into next year as a specific resolution. And mm. in my brain, genuinely, really, like genuinely, in my brain, my reading year resetted the second we finished recording that episode (laughs) i was like okay i i talked about my stats i told everyone what i'm reading everything i read now is for next year or like books i buy are for next year so i've let go of the like official hard challenge that's cool i think i kind
0: of have as well like i still want to read the books that i buy in hardcover soon yes but i i like not um putting too much pressure on exactly yourself not to too much stuff, pressure that's and not healthy
1: these were christmas books so i was sort of like you know what i don't want to just like stress myself out i'm just gonna get the books i'm excited about and we'll see where cool. where the where the new year goes um okay these next two are the ones that i actually ordered and i'm so excited about these the first okay. one is um, COVID Chronicles. Ooh, so this is scary. a comics anthology. I think it has genuinely like 40 different comics in it. Like here, really I'll show you maybe more than 40. I'm showing you the contents right now. Holy moly. <laughs> I know, there's so many different... It's two pages so, long. <laughs> this is a graphic novel anthology. And the reason I know about it... I'm trying to flip to the page. Uh, here it is. The reason I know about it is because our beloved Brenna Thumbler... Yes! Okay, I wasn't sure if
0: that was the book that had Brenna in it. it
1: Yes, it has one of her comics. She made a comic for this collection. So this is just a bunch of different stories, perspectives, moments, etc. about COVID um, in this anthology. And the prophets went to charity. I forget which charity exactly. But it was really a cool project. And I thought, Mm -hmm. obviously... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> sorry obviously pe- not everybody wants to read books about the pandemic but that doesn't mean nobody wants to just because you don't want to yeah. doesn't mean the people are I out there want to so yeah <laughs> i've found reading stuff about pandemics really actually comforting because it makes me think about it more it makes me feel like mm-hmm. i'm growing knowledge and understanding the situation more does that mean you should i don't know you're you listener <laughs> Have your dreams <laughs> all right my last book for my haul honestly i think i crescendoed here we are at the peak fortissimo peak this is so freaking cool raylene this is a graphic novel biography of george orwell just called orwell it's kind of
0: scary looking honestly
1: well yeah (laughs) (laughs) everything about like stuff people do about orwell is always a little spooky i get it's it true. 1984 and animal farm wow. are both stressful very good but it yeah. looks really beautiful doesn't it mm-hmm. oh, it's really really cool so i again i don't know instagram or something i saw this and i had one of those moments where i was like how did i not know about that like it drives me <laughs> freaking crazy when orwell things come out and i don't know about them like when we yeah. were in that comic book shop really, and we found the oh 1984 graphic novel and it was like i was wild how do i not know about these things what's going on yeah. so this is cool because like i said it's a biography of orwell it's not an adaptation of one of his books yeah um, that's unusual so yeah it is a little unusual i think it came out this year so, yeah, 2021. Uh, who knows? I will absolutely read it and let you guys know if I like it or not. I'm super excited about it. That's super Now cool. I'm just flipping through it and enjoying the pictures. We should go to you. <laughs> <laughs> we get this question sometimes. People are like, can you say the titles of the books again, like on the pod and stuff? The reason we don't do that is because if you go to our website... All of the books we talk about in the episodes are listed there. So if you are like, wait, what was that about COVID? You can just go look at the list and will, there's the title and the author. Uh, yeah. Okay. Just wanted to do that plug of information. <laughs>
0: Excellent. So yes, the last two books I got were ones that I I went to the mall the other day. I went to Kohl's and nice. I just decided I wanted to buy a book. It was right after Christmas. I think it was on Boxing Day that I went and um, they have sales going on mm. which is fun um i accidentally bought a hardcover whoops i accidentally bought a hardcover while i was there and it was a book i'd never heard of so i was like this is a big a big risk but Whoa. um the hardcovers are 30 percent off so i was like whatever i'm just gonna i'm just gonna go for it <laughs> um so i'll start with that book i just it couldn't resist it look at this cute book oh. it's called lemon and the author is kwan yeo sun and awesome. it's just like this cute cute little hardcover like one of those dust jacketless hardcovers And um, let me just kind of read the back for you because it just it drew me in. I definitely it's kind of like a mystery thriller, psychological a little bit. Um, Okay, actually it says "Parasite meets the Good Son in this piercing psychological portrait of three women haunted by a brutal unsolved crime." Takes place in 2002 when Korea is abuzz over hosting the FIFA World Cup. An 18-year-old is killed in what becomes known as the high school beauty murder. Two suspects quickly emerge: rich kid Shin Jung Jun, whose car on was last seen in, and delivery boy Han Manu, who witnessed her there just a few hours before her death. But when Jung Jun's ability, ch- uh, sorry, alibi checks out, and no evidence can be pinned on Manu, the case goes cold. Oh,
1: classic. So it's like,
0: but it's like really short. So I'm very intrigued by this like kind of murder mystery, but it's very, very short. It's only 147 pages long. Mm. Um, And it just sounds really cool. So this is the type of book that even I was thinking to myself, like I could read this in the next month. Like that's not going to hurt me if I feel like I decide to read it because it's a hardcover. Um, But we'll see. We'll see if I actually end up doing that. And then the second book I got is one that I've had my eye on for a little while Mm. and it's another one that just kind of pops up if you like go to chapters a lot you've probably Mm. seen this book and it's ghosts by dolly alderton a
1: thousand percent have seen that all over
0: i feel like this one is always next to the mona awad book that you hauled (laughs) i feel like i always
1: see those two books together
0: um but this one i don't know too much about it but i've heard such great things from a few um friends that i like whose opinions i trust they just like absolutely love this it's just like a a, from what it sounds like a nice kind of British rom-com and the main character is an author um, and it kind of just reading the back kind of reminds me of Bridget Jones a little bit I don't know if that's actually the vibe that it has but it seems just kind of like funny and like witty and silly and I like that I, I've been wanting to read and there's a quote from uh, Taylor Jenkins read on the front she says ghost is an absolute knockout wickedly funny and at turns both cynical and sincere that just sounds perfect for me. Yeah. I I've been wanting to read some more kind of light books, I guess. I feel like I read a lot of dark, heavy stuff, which is fine. I still enjoy those books, totally. but it is nice to have something to balance it out <laughs> every now and then. At least every like 10th book can be maybe <laughs> not so scary. <laughs> so, I'm yeah, so that's one that I've just decided to take a chance on. I cool. had a gift card, so I bought those two and I am excited to read them. And yeah
1: that's it that's all the books i got those are our christmas books yes the books we carry with us into 2022 (laughs) i know
0: it's always funny doing these hauls because it's like at the end of the year like at the end of 2022 will we have read any of these maybe not that's okay (laughs) i guess
1: we'll check i'll definitely have read the east coast book because it's like 40 pages and yeah if you don't read
0: that there's something going on (laughs)
1: Really that'll, be, that'll be easier. <laughs> you just asked that question. I don't think you meant to start an existential crisis in my brain. But <laughs> I'm now staring at these books like, which ones will I read? What? Maybe that? Maybe not. Oh my god! <laughs> right? Like maybe just pick pick
0: one. Read one of them. That's a good goal. We've got so many other books to read. At least I do. You guys will find out in the next in the goals episode, just how many books I have to read. <laughs> it's shocking, but that's okay. So now it's time for our reading survey, which I feel like is kind of a fun, like, prelude to yes. our goals episode. Because this ah, one, yeah, is like, right. it's kind of, it is kind of wrap up, I guess. So it's kind it's of a fun totally, in-between. Yeah. yeah. So we got lots of stats yeah. from our listeners.
1: This was an idea I had um, because me and Raylene were going to share our stats. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, you know, it would be kind of cool if we had stats from our listeners. Just to, yeah. in a way, like, use exactly like you said, Kind of compare, like, how is our reading the same or different from our listeners' reading? And Mm -hmm. it would just be a fun thing to do. So, I wanted to just caveat here that this is not a professional survey. (laughs) There's all sorts of ways that, like, I could have changed the way I asked the questions. And it's just sort of a fun thing to do. So, nobody take this too seriously. Everyone take it with a grain of salt. There's loads of bias here. Like, when we talk about what genre did people read the most, there's a clear, clear winner. But obviously Mm -hmm. the biases, those are the types of books we talk about. So like, of course, the people that listen to our podcast are going to answer the questions in a more specific way. So it's fun though. This is just a survey of some of our listeners. That's the other thing. 600 people responded, which is pretty cool Mm because we didn't promote this at all. We just sort of shared it one day (laughs) on Instagram. Um, But no, this is fun. Let's
0: yeah let's do it let's dive in so the the survey kind of starts with some easy, like multiple choice questions so we've got some charts which is really fun um so (laughs) the first question that we asked was how many books did you read this year and the largest chunk with 33 percent was 26 to 50 yeah which i thought was interesting because that's kind of like the the zone that you're in in terms of your reading yes um so that is really cool because in my head, like I often think of that as like a low number, but it's like no, that's obviously like the the average. Like that's what a lot of people are reading, and that's fine. Like, yeah, that's cool. I think it's interesting. I'm just an
1: overachiever. <laughs> I think when it comes to reading, you're definitely in the in like the masters level. <laughs> it's like PG like the go- PGA golf tour, the masters level or whatever. Oh, okay. You're like up in the up in the higher echelons. I think. Mm-hmm. I forget the statistic of like how many books Canadians or Americans read on average in a year. I think it's like mm-hmm. one, but like most people, but that's on average. So there's a lot of people that like yeah. don't even read. There's one. a lot of people who don't read. Yeah. <laughs> so I think twenty six to fifty is actually a lot for people to yeah. fit in to their to their lives. But then, like Absolutely. you said, what's really interesting is the second slice is twenty three percent, and it's mm-hmm. fifty one to seventy five. Yeah, so like half,
0: over half of everyone reads between 26 and, and 75, 75, or that's what they read this year. Anyway. Yeah, so yeah. I'm like, okay, that is very interesting. And then there's like a smaller chunk for each of these two, like 13 or 14 percent read 11 to 25 books or the higher end 76 to 100 so it's like those are still decent sized chunks so like it's all over the place basically is what this data is telling us like it's
1: yeah all over the place i think it's awesome because these are all readers like whether no matter what slice of pie you're in honestly like looking at the chart they're pretty even slices here Mm -hmm. there isn't one that's like 50 percent of people or whatever um the smallest slice though and again this makes perfect sense is 3.8% of our listeners that responded to the survey uh, read between one and 10 books. And I'm like, that makes perfect sense because most of the people that would listen to a book podcast must be spending a lot lot of their time reading. (laughs) Yeah. But also, yeah, the sense. this one is shocking. 11.4% of people listening <laughs> to the pod read over 100 books. Like, that's yeah. more than I thought it was going to be.
0: I know, right? And I just managed to squeak into that category, too. Like, right? I almost didn't read 100, but I managed to get to 100 yeah. somehow. So,
1: yeah. Very <sighs> cool. All right, this next question is the one I was talking about that I'm like, this makes so much sense for our audience now that I think about it. (laughs) What genre did you read the most this year? Literally, I'm going to round up, but 50% of people (laughs) said literary fiction and slash contemporary, which makes Mm -hmm. sense because that's the genre we talk the most about. So if you like that genre, it makes sense that you would like this podcast a bit more. Like the chances are higher um it was 49.7% but like that's 50%. That's crazy. Yeah,
0: crazy but also makes sense. What's
1: the second highest one?
0: Second highest is science fiction mm. and fantasy yep. at 19.4%, which I think is interesting.
1: Yeah, it is. Interesting.
0: Um cuz we also have um like young adult/middle grade as a category. So I mean, I guess it doesn't really surprise me because neither of us reads that much YA anymore, but for some no. reason I always assume our audience reads a lot of that as well, oh, but based on yeah. this I mean, obviously, this doesn't mean that they didn't read any young adult at all. Like, I definitely read young adult this year, too. But my highest percentage was definitely literary fiction. So that's what I would have chosen for this as well. I can
1: give um, another cool statistic that yeah? is not here. So this is from um, the place that we host our podcast on. Oh. They, g- they give me analytics about about you people. And mm. the most <laughs> interesting one... So I, this just came to mind, Reeling, because... I used to think my audience was largely YA, but uh, (laughs) over the years, like, it's not anymore. So 40% of our audience is 23 to 27 years old. That doesn't surprise me. So it makes sense that they're not mainly reading YA. And then 33% are 18 to 22. So they're, like, young adults, but young adult, Mm -hmm. not teens. And then 17% is 28 to 34 Mm. um and then the other sides of that are like really minuscule but they're there Mm. and we love all of you (laughs) uh makes
0: sense it's so interesting yeah i guess everybody i mean a lot of our listeners have probably grown up at the same rate that we
1: have yeah yeah exactly (laughs) it's interesting to me that only two people voted for poetry remember the question is what genre did you read the most this year, yeah, that
0: would be tough to have that be your like number one. I know that's so interesting. But it's cool that there are people who are able to vote that, and we've got thirty-four people said nonfiction
1: is y- their yeah. highest. I know a
0: lot of people in the comments too were talking about memoirs being their most read, so mm. I wonder if they chose nonfiction as their choice. But that's cool too. Four percent Four
1: percent on the graphic novels front. Ooh, our nice. people, <laughs> and actually one of the
0: slightly larger chunks was romance at eight point one percent. 51 Hmm. people said romance was their number one. Hmm.
1: I don't think I read a single romance this year, which is so funny because remember I wanted to do that summer romance (laughs) project. (laughs) Checked out the window with the rest of my (laughs) dreams. Maybe next year. Just maybe just stop making goals. (laughs) Stop (laughs) announcing them at least. Um, What format did you read most? This is one of these questions that I'm a little bit like... I could change the way that I structure this question because right now it's a multiple choice. Like you can only pick one. Yeah. But I could do it so that people have to rank them so we could see like what their most read is, but then also their second most and then their third most, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think I'd change the question next year. But overwhelming 69.3% physical copies. That makes sense. That's pretty cool.
0: And then, I mean, yeah, and then ebook and audiobook are almost equal. Yes. 13% for audiobook and 17% for ebook, which is cool. That's a, a pretty big chunk for ebook. I was yeah. a little bit surprised that it was larger than audiobook, but at all, I guess it also kind of makes sense. A lot of people do read ebooks. That's I just so don't, and you don't. So it's that's, something that's that I it. forget about.
1: Yeah, we don't. So it doesn't occur to us, probably. Yeah. Oh, this next one's devastating. <laughs> <laughs> it, this one is shocking. <laughs> Okay. The question is: rereads. What percentage of your reading this year consisted of rereads?
0: That's what I think. What we were most shocked about was the thirty-one percent no rereads. Yes,
1: that was what was kind of a little scary. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, I've definitely heard that from a lot of
0: people who just say like, "I don't reread books." Like, yeah, often there are a lot of people out there who just prefer to read new books, which is cool. Like, I don't know if it's just because they don't forget things that happen in books, which is a big problem for me and is a reason why I like rereading books is because I often forget the details. And I'm like, oh, I really liked that book, but why did I really like it? I should read it again so I can remind myself. Interesting. And also I like re-experiencing things that I love. Like that's yes. another big part of it. Because like growing up, I often just re the same movies over and over again because totally. I loved them so much. Like why would I need to watch a new movie when I could just <laughs> watch Charlie's Angels and Spider-Man and Harry <laughs> Potter over and over again? <laughs> so for me, I think it's just, I think that's part of it is growing up, I did that a lot. And I would just like read the same books over and over and over again. Right. Um, and so it's just something that's, part of who I am but it's like I can't even imagine not ever rereading anything
1: huh. I know I think it's fun I mean again people will hear this in your one of your goals this year was to reread 30 like have 30 percent of your reading <laughs> yeah be rereads so obviously we do care a lot about rereads um yeah and so when I f- I didn't imagine that over a third of our listeners oh no wait almost a third of our listeners yeah would click no rereads whatsoever. It just surprised yeah. me. But again, it's because we're looking at it from our own bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, like, but then cool. the other massive slice is 52% of people said under 10% of their reading, which is the next smallest thing you can That's what I
0: fall into. Yeah, that's the one that I fell into. So like, even though I love the idea of rereading, I don't necessarily do it a lot.
1: There are, however, five people who clicked that over 50% of their reading was rereads? That is wild. That's so interesting.
0: I was surprised that anybody picked that.
1: <laughs> I know. I didn't, I didn't think, think anyone would, but I was like, I, I have to give the option. Yeah. I think it's cool though. Those like, five people did. Just why not? Um, okay. The next or the and the final multiple choice question was, if you set a reading goal this year, <laughs> did you accomplish it? And I gave people three options because I wanted to be nice. But ultimately, two of the options are the exact same. So the option number one was yes. Option number two was no. And option number three was almost. Almost (laughs) is still no. I just wanted to be nice to you. Like, you didn't do it. If you almost did it, you didn't. Like, you tried. (laughs) You tried. Maybe you tried. Like I think that there's
0: a a middle ground there. Um, No, it might mean you just didn't even try.
1: But I mean, we've got an audience of achievers because 70% of people said that they did accomplish it. That's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. And I mean, reading goal can mean a lot of things like that could mean you set a goal of how many books you wanted to read in the year and you yeah. did it. Or it could have been I wanted to reread this many books and I did it. So it can that can mean a lot of things for this one. I think I said yes, because it's like I didn't complete all of the goals I wanted to complete, but I did complete some. Mm-hmm.
1: So, almost. I definitely said yes. <laughs> you can vote in the orange category. <laughs> um, yeah. 16% of people said almost. 13% of people said no that's we still love you you 13 yep. um okay the next question what mashed potato book did you finally conquer this year it's also really funny to me because i realized once i'd already published the survey and i can go in <laughs> and edit it but i was like it's fine i didn't put mashed potato book i just wrote what mashed potato <laughs> did you finally <laughs> conquer this year <laughs> <laughs> Russ it <laughs> with gravy. <laughs> so these are the books that people had been meaning to read for a really long time, and they mm-hmm. finally did read, which is cool. It is so fun to look at these. It's hard to like read out the answers though, because basically it's like six hundred different answers.
0: Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of The Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller though, which is fun because I think that got really popular on mm. Book Talk this year. I don't really know how Book Talk works.
1: But... I'm. About... <laughs>
0: They have tables for it at chapters now. It's
1: like, these I are popular know. book it's talk books. And I'm like, what does that it's even so mean? <laughs> um, I can sort, like, Google can do a thingy where it sorts my most, like, oh. written in answer. Yeah. If well, it's cool. written the same, though. So, uh, like, mm. it, it doesn't count everything. But the one that got tallied the most was A Little Life.
0: Oh, um, interesting!
1: And that's one for me. Like that's yes. my
0: big mashed potato book. I have I have like 150 pages left, so I haven't quite finished it, but I'm going to finish it before the end of the year.
1: Yeah, the second one was Anna Karenina, tied oh, wow. with Emma by Jane Austen. So I wonder if we kind of contributed ah, to that with our book club. I hope so, yeah. um, there's a lot. The ones that like Google is able to put together. Are a lot of classics so picture of dorian gray iq84 oh. frankenstein jane eyre pride and prejudice the bell jar those were all written in by at least I three see. people yeah um little women The handmaid's tale the goldfinch anne of green gables 100 years of solitude so like classics definitely yeah. seem to be the biggest mashed potato book for people yeah you see that there's also sense. some people like just wrote emma But some people wrote Emma by Jane Austen, so it put them separate... That's just huh. a fun fact for people. That's still cool, though.
0: And then the next, I mean, we can move on, I guess, then to the next yeah. category, which was what book became a mashed potato book this year for you? Yeah. And I think this one, I mean, sort, you can do your sort thing, but I can even just see four on the same screen, three in a row, and then one a little ways down that are just a little life. Yep. <laughs> so a lot of people conquered it, but a lot of people also didn't quite get to it. The other big one we noticed was Dune. Yeah, we
1: noticed a lot uh, of people. As I'm sure
0: you're going to see how many people said that. But one of my favorites was on the which mashed potato book did you conquer? this year somebody wrote the first 200 pages of dune and then in the (laughs) in the what became a mashed potato book section it's clearly the same person they just wrote the other 300 pages of dune (laughs) crying (laughs)
1: emoji. i love that so much it's like i tried i got through part of it i love that um right so the top response isn't actually the top response because so, this okay, the second top response with six votes is a little life, but then yeah. spelled capitalized five more responses is the third place a little life. So, 11 okay. people so had written a little life, wins. but with different <laughs> capitalization. And if it, somebody right. wrote it with any sort of different capitalization, there's probably more of them. But then yeah. the second one is the Anthropocene Reviewed oh interesting that makes sense though because that happened this to me year. a lot of people wanted to read it yes and then that's exactly me where i was like really excited about it but th- i bought it and then i ended up not actually reading it mm-hmm. the next one was pride and prejudice little women apparently three different people <laughs> wrote too many <laughs> it's the words <laughs> t-o-o-m-a-n-y <laughs> too many that's funny. crying in h-mart the Priory of the Orange Tree by Samantha mm. Shannon had three responses, IQ84, Dune. Here's another three people who had written The Priory of the Orange Tree, but they didn't write the author's name, Yeah. so yeah. they got separated. Um, that's so interesting.
0: My Year of Rest and Relaxation was in both lists as well. I've seen mm-hmm. that a few times, either conquered or created. So I, I love that um, we talk about that so much that it's just becoming a book that people are thinking about
1: here's another person who wrote the anthropocene reviewed by john green uh, co- uh, comma sadly
0: <laughs> <laughs> much to my misfortune <laughs> okay so the last question and the one that i guess i might be most excited about is what was your favorite book of the year yeah so this is another one i have a feeling we're gonna see possibly a lot of the same answers though just from scrolling Probably, through and yeah. seeing it's just, it's very interesting to see how many of the same books keep popping up. Yes. And they're not even necessarily books that we've talked about a lot. So it's like, they're just popular in the world. Yeah, know.
1: yeah. The Well, That's the one that came us. up the absolute highest with 15 responses, which again, remember, there's probably more. That's just the ones that yeah. Google's able to match, is The House in the Cerulean Sea. Oh, interesting. Which sort of makes sense to me because in the last two yeah. years, I've heard so many people like, going crazy about that book yeah that's true yeah i wonder if it was on book talk (laughs) (laughs) we'll never know um the the second one is the anthropocene reviewed so that's Ah. funny all the people who have it as a mashed potato book should read it because it could be your favorite book of 2022 totally got normal people project hail mary A Little Life, Mm. My Year of Rest and Relaxation, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, The Secret History, Pachinko! Three people had Pachinko as their favorite (gasps) book of the year. Exciting. So that's really cool, isn't it? That is really cool.
0: I saw somebody said The Name of the Wind. I'm sure there's more than one, but I just saw The Name of the Wind, and my God, that makes me so happy. (laughs) (laughs) That makes me feel really good. Uh,
1: It's fun seeing people's favorite books, because obviously... I don't know. It's, like, the top of the top. Hey, someone has All's Well by Mona Awad. Cool. Oh, there you go. And there's a there couple of go. convenience store women's coming up here. Ooh. A lot of Piranesi. Oh, interesting. Have you heard of that, that one? one that,
0: I've heard of it, but I have. it's one that I've just, like, kept away from my brain because I'm, like, do yeah. I
1: care about that? I don't know, but maybe I would
0: love it. Who yeah, knows? Yeah,
1: one of my friends, like, really loved that book. She, Lena, actually, who was on the pod. Oh, she yeah. loves that book, so... I'm intrigued, but i it's just like so outside of my usual genre.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I think that's the thing for me. It's like, I just don't know if I will care or enjoy it. And I have so many other things that I want to read. I try not to introduce books that I'm, like, <laughs> you know, lukewarm on yeah, yeah. <laughs> into my head.
1: <laughs> we also had a, um, a question at the end that was just like, is there anything you wanted to add just as a way for people to be like, oh, I wanted to caveat something or whatever, but... Everyone mm-hmm. just wrote really lovely messages that were re- yeah. super heartwarming and friendly telling us about how much the podcast might've meant to you this year or like where you listened to it or just like saying that, you know, just wishing us a Merry Christmas or a happy new year. So that was really lovely to scroll through and read through. And I kind of feel like if I'm ever feeling down, <laughs> I should just go and read those messages. Cause they're yeah, really nice. Definitely.
0: They are nice.
1: Um, so thank you so much to everyone for doing the survey I feel like it was really fun to do this I didn't we didn't know if it was going to work out you know like we were like this is just a little idea we won't make a big deal out of it but definitely we'll do this again next year because it's super fun and Huh, yeah, I've got more questions in my mind now for what I could ask. Yeah, we'll people.
0: finesse it for sure <laughs> for next year. It'll get better and better. <laughs> well, that was a lot of fun. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us um, in this episode and also just this year. We've yeah. had so much fun, and um, yeah, we have our goals episode still to come out shortly after this one. Like we said, it should be out a couple of days from whenever this goes live. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so that's something for you guys to look forward to. It was a lot of fun. We had a lot of yeah, a good was a discussion. Wild time in that episode so that'll be fun for everyone to listen to so yeah thanks for listening and um have a good night or a day (laughs) or new year whatever (laughs) we'll talk to you guys later Bye.
1: Bye. bye